coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with us today, it feels good to say that, after a short hiatus to take care of some law school business and a little vacation, a little R&R, is my co-host, Curtis. Kurt, so you had a little R&R this past week. Have you recovered from all those exams yet? You good? Um, well, as much as possible. Yeah, it's better you than me. I've I, I've I've been there, done that with school with, with college three different times now. Uh, I am done, never going back. So you are kind of holding it down for all of us. So was it that bad? I mean, it's been a minute for me for exams. Was it horrible? Um, it was, I, I don't wish it on anyone. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I know you were you were bunkered down there. I mean, all of our listeners out there, Kurt was uh he was hard to, he was a hard man to get in touch with. He had a lot of stuff to go to to take care of there. So we're just glad to have you back here, man. Glad you get a little little break from all that, but uh, let's go ahead and get into this. And like our first show earlier this week, today's show is all about recruiting. Early Sunday, it has come and gone, and as expected, there were some twists, there were some turns along the way, some disappointments, a couple of fist-pumping moments, and we are here to make sense of it all. So, Kurt, before we get into all the specifics on who signed, who didn't, all that kind of stuff, we'll get to pl- plenty of that, but I'm going to start with this question. Kind of a weird question, so I'm going to throw it at you to start off here. If you were an editor, Kurt, all right, so if you were in charge of writing the headline for a story about Georgia's 2019 early signing day, what does that headline say when people pick up their newspapers or turn on their computers tomorrow morning? Um, I think I'm going to start with saying needs addressed, but more coming. Yeah, I like that. Needs addressed, but more coming. Absolutely. Um, and I, I guess what I was seeing on top of my head is something like top three finish still in sight for the dogs, right? Something like that, which is kind of yeah, what something like that, like where you address what you need, but it's still not done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a really great way to put it. We haven't. I think we've addressed a lot of our needs, but there's still some meat on that bone, so to speak. And uh, there are some some big fish still out there, which we will get to a little bit later on in today's show. But, um, Kurt, from, from the Georgia perspective, obviously we are a Georgia podcast. That's what we love. Uh, good or bad, what was the most impactful thing that happened today for us, like from our perspective? Um, I'm probably going to go with the flip of uh, Jermaine Burton. Yeah, that was freaking huge. Like, Did you see that coming? I know there's been some smoke. He makes a surprise <sighs> visit. Uh, this weekend under the cover of I, dark. You, you know, in my opinion, I saw it coming. I thought it was really happening until the Rakeem Jarrett flip. Now, when he flipped, I thought it was completely that all chances were gone at that point because I said they just lost their best receiver. They're going to do whatever they can to lock this guy down. Dude, you and I are on the same page. I had the exact – when I saw Rakeem Jarrett, if you guys aren't listening, if you're not familiar with, with Rakeem Jarrett because we weren't really recruiting him all that heavily, uh, he was a longtime LSU commit from the the DMV area, the Dallas, the Washington, D.C. area, and he uh, was one of the crown jewels of LSU's recruiting class. I think he was number two receiver in the country for the 247 composite. He flips early this morning and decides to go to Maryland. So he stays home at Maryland. So, you know, it, it's it's kind of like Jordan Birch, guy we're gonna get to a little bit later on. Like, even though some of these these schools, these high level profile, high profile guys are committing to uh aren't really, you know, really 
contenders right now and aren't even bowl games or not even contenders, contenders for bowl games right now, it, that pull to stay home is tough. And I'm totally with you. When I saw that Rakeem Jarrett went there uh, or decommitted and goes to Maryland or signs with Maryland, I thought there's no there's no chance in hell. There's no way that they're going to let Jermaine Burton out of their out of their grasp right now, right? There's just no way. Yeah, I uh, thought I thought they would be do whatever it took at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you know, and he would probably see that and say, you know what? Well, there's you know, the competition's got a little easier there. Raheem Jarrett's not there. They're going to need me more. So I, I thought you know that was that was the end of that 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 pipe dream maybe. Uh, but obviously, we end up flipping him. Did you like I? This is a guy that we recruited going back this summer. We were in it with him. That he ends up committing to LSU. Uh, he's a guy that's that's from Calabasas out there in California. And but he does have family here in Georgia. I think his mom is going to relocate to Georgia, which certainly helps. Uh, and at one point, I think early in his high school career, was at Hateville Charter. This is a guy that's a high-level prospect at the wide receiver position. I think if you look at his ranking right now, I think he's like number he's number fifty-two overall nationally in the two-four-seven composite. So this is essentially a top fifty prospect nationally. And um, I, I had kind of I didn't really thought much about him. Up until we got news about a week ago, like with him potentially making a secret visit, right? This last recruiting weekend. Yeah, the the for, yeah. The, well, the first one was against the Georgia Tech. Um, right. When we heard that that there was a visit during that weekend, I think around Thanksgiving that he came and made right, some official visit. Yeah, yeah. And then you know smoke started to rise then, but you weren't sure what was going to happen until this past weekend when it was announced that he actually did make that visit. So I think. Those um, once we got the second visit, I started thinking mm, maybe there is something to this. Especially when the news came down, you never know with recruiting, but what you're hearing is that he didn't let the LSU coaches know ahead of time. Like it was totally a secret visit. He didn't want. Well, them yeah, to know. apparently he had told them he wasn't going to take it. They, that they didn't want him to take right. it. Right. Right. Exactly. Still went and did it. Right. And so when that when you hear something like that, you're like, oh my god, like we might and you like, get this guy, especially when you put together pieces that. You know, he, his mom might be relocating in Georgia. He's got family in the area. It's like, oh, wow, like this might actually happen. Uh, and then, lo and behold, it, it, it does end up happening, which is huge for us. So I'm with you. I think for me, I would add one more thing, too. I think the most impactful thing that happened today is just getting both receivers that we got. I mean, how many times have we talked this season, Kurt? Like, I'm so tired of talking about our receivers in general, like how bad they were uh, and how deficient we are at that position. So to get two guys of the caliber of Jermaine Burton and an Arian Smith, who's number, I think, 76 nationally. Let me check on that. Uh, Arian Smith, uh, 72 nationally. So two top 75 overall prospects in the nation, according to the 247 composite. To get those caliber of guys in at the wide receiver position, that, that's just massive for offense. I mean, that talk about filling needs and taking care of deficiencies. That's how you do that. So to me, that those two things happening were just so impactful. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I said in my headline I would have talked about addressing the needs because I honestly think that they did a good job. Uh, and, you know, one that really sticks out to me is, I, you know, I had some spirited discussions with people when Kirby made those comments after the SEC championship game about our, about our receiving core, you know, that we just didn't have the pros in there that we had had. And a lot of people were like, well, you don't say that about your guys out there. I said, you know – to me, he was speaking more of to the guys out there that he's trying to recruit, and and I think that's why he did it because, not you know, at first you could have seen us only taking three, and I think that's how it was for a long time until we were so bad this year that the need for four came. Thank you for saying that. Thank you, seriously. I've had the same conversations with people ripping Kirby for how you can't talk about your players like that. I'm like, I, I, and I do get that. Like these guys, they fight, they bleed, they work. All of those things are true. And so a part of me does cringe a little bit when you hear things like that. But at the same time, 
Kirby's a master recruiter, guys. They're, like everything this man does and everything he says publicly, like it's for a reason. Okay, it's calculated. Kirby is a highly intelligent man. Okay, I'm just telling you, he's. I, I know he looks kind of like a goober sometimes with a haircut and that kind of like I get that and the way he runs around the sidelines, I get all that. There's some memes of him, all that, of course. But this is a, this is a highly intelligent man, and he knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, and, and when he says things like that, it's purposeful. There's intent behind it. It's intentional. And I think you're exactly right, Curtis. I can't say it for sure, but like I'm with you. I lean more towards saying like he's speaking to recruits. He's saying, we need you. Hey, Jermaine Burton, we need you, dude. Arian Smith, we need you. Uh, I, so I, I'm, I'm with you 100% there. But um, all right, but next thing up here, I got a question, another question for you, kind of along the same line. So that's the most impactful thing that happened. Uh, in signing day, look, it's never complete without its share of surprises. So for you today, Kurt, what was like the biggest surprise of the day for you? Was it J- Jermaine Burton? Um, Maybe Birch. And I think the thing is, not only did I kind of wasn't expecting South Carolina, but the fact that the drama is still going on. Yeah, that's – and we'll get some of that a little bit more later on. But if you guys aren't familiar with that, I'm sure you are if you listen to this show. Jordan Burch, top five player nationally out of Columbia, South Carolina, right down the road from South Carolina. In fact, um, if you're not aware of this, Will Muschamp's son is the quarterback at the high school that he goes to. So there's certainly some tie to South Carolina. Uh, so, I, you know, he commits South Carolina, which – now I said on the preview show uh, earlier in the week that like, I all along, like I know we were involved with him and he was listening, we were talking to him, the communicate lines, communication were open, but I was just always so skeptical of the idea that we were ever going to actually land him. I just never really gave it much consideration. I, th- I just feared he was set for South Carolina. So, the, like, when I watched the, the commitment video this morning, he picked up the South Carolina hat. I was kind of like, yeah, okay, that sucks, but, like, yeah, that's about what I thought. And I, I, I will admit, I kind of got my hopes up. I saw on the preview show. I thought we actually might get him. Because in recruiting, you always follow the visits, right, Kurt? Yeah, uh, that's an old maxim when it comes to recruiting. That's just a that's a rule of thumb. You follow the visits if you're trying to make prediction on where guys are going to go. And you know our coaches visited him on Thursday night uh, before uh, the last uh, official visit weekend of the cycle before early signing day. And we visited with him like basically all day long. We had him on lockdown. And then he follows up with an official visit on the last weekend for official visits to Athens. That's a pretty big deal. He gives us that visit. A lot of schools are wanting that visit. So I, I was like, man, maybe we actually might get this guy. Then he, gets, he goes, he picks South Carolina, and it's like, yeah, I guess that's about right. But then you're right. The, the surprising thing is like, oh, he's pulling one of those things where, yeah, I committed to South Carolina, but I'm not signing my letter of intent. I'm not actually signing with him. I'm going to stay unsigned until February, which is kind of like, oh, well, the plot thickens. So that was certainly, I think, in all accounts, uh, could, could certainly be considered a huge surprise for today. I think Burton was definitely surprising as well, uh, just kind of like like you said, especially after I saw the Rakeem Jarrett news early this morning. I was like, I mean, I, I think Burton's probably going to stick with, with uh, LSU, and somehow we got him. So a couple of surprises there. That's how recruiting goes, man. And I, I'll tell you guys right now, we're probably not done with surprises uh, yet because we still got a couple more months before – all the hay is in the barn, so to speak. But um, all right, let's talk a little bit more about some of today's announcements. You guys know this is recruiting. So you win some, you lose some. It's how it works. Uh, we really had, would you say, Kurt, four big uncommitted prospects that we were hard after? Is that about right to you? Stroud, Arian Smith, Jermaine Burton, and Jordan Birch. Does that sound right? Yeah, I would say three out of the four were more realistic. Now, Stroud, I think that, in all honesty, you know, it came down to the end. But if I'm going to be honest and we ha- didn't have Carson Beck on there, then I think he would have been ours to lose. Um, agreed. Agreed. And that's why I think 
three of the four were more of who I was looking at. Yeah, I think Stroud was the longest shot of all those. And I, I wasn't – I mean, Ohio State had been after him a lot longer. We got involved with him really late in the process. We realized we starting – especially with Dewan Mathis, it was really his situation, in my opinion, that kind of motivated this need to try to find a second quarterback in the class. And uh, so we got involved with Stroud late. But uh, it, it, to me, you know, it tells you kind of how good of a uh, recruiting program we are right now. Uh, and how strong our brand is that we were able to make it come down to the wire like this. Cause there was some, some buzz coming around, say around CJ Stroud the last day or two before his early signing day that like we were making a move with him and maybe it wasn't going to be Ohio state after all, they were considered a long time front runner. Uh, so he, but he ends up going to Ohio state, which, which I get again, he was probably the longest shot of everybody, but Arian Smith, obviously receiver out of Lakeland down in Florida, Jermaine Burton, and then Jordan Burch. So as of today, as of today, we went two out of four landing both Smith and Burton, so, Kurt, let, let's start with this. With what we put on the field this year from an offensive standpoint, let's go back to the wide receivers here. How in the world were we able to land Arian Smith and Jermaine Burton, two top 75 national pl- prospects at wide receiver? How were we able to land guys of that caliber that were that hotly sought after when, you, when we watched what we watched offensively this year? How did that happen? Because it's obvious that we had no receivers that could stop them from playing. That you know, if they want playing time, this is the place to go because the competition in front of you is not going to stop. You know, is not competition that's hard to beat out. You know, you look at all the other schools they're looking at. I mean, even at LSU, Burton was going to be one of three even after Jarrett left. And at that point, you still had Jamar Chase, and I believe they had one other. Yeah, if you guys yeah. aren't sure, Jamar Chase is a sophomore, which is crazy. But yeah, yeah, and I believe they had another receiver coming back. The other guy, Jason uh, McMath, will be back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my thing that um you just look around and our depth chart was so much more appealing. Now it was now, you know, we did run the ball at times and it was struggling and you know, it was, it was it was well it was painful to Georgia fans. But I think it was more painful to the coaches who wanted to call plays up, but our receiving core was just not up to the challenge. Yeah, so I, I think that's the pitch, right? The pitch is guys, you saw us play. We don't have anyone out there besides George Pickens right now. Yeah, Another I mean, look at we, it, had, it, we sold him. All, we sold Aaron Smith on the Miko Hardman thing because we had no one that could really. I mean, as good as Blaylock is and the slot and things like that, he's still not explosive like Miko no, was. He's not stretching the field. Um, like that. He's not a burner. Not not exactly at all. that thing. And so that's what I mean. We're selling him on the fact that hey, you can be our Miko Hardman. This guy just made a Pro Bowl with his freshman or in his rookie year. Yeah, and Arian Smith, you, you mentioned him in the guys that uh, he's explosive as it gets. He might be like recruiting analysts out there say he might be the fastest guy in this entire class. He's a ten three hundred meter guy. He ran that ten three hundred meter as a junior in high school. That was last year. So. And, and I think, ten, what, look at Henry, I think a lot of people say that Henry Ruggs is probably the fastest guy in college football. I believe so. Him or is between Waddle. Yeah, you know, so yeah we, they talk about Ruggs a lot in that regard. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, and, he runs like a 4 one six, which is like, mm, not so sure about that, but okay. And, but in, in him and um, Aaron, and the thing is, Aaron Smith, especially when you compare him to me, Cole, Cole's 5'10 on a good day. Yep. Aaron Smith is six foot and can run like that. If I remember correctly, Miko's like a 10 600 meter guy coming out of high school. So Arian Smith's a 10 3. Okay, that gives yeah. you some idea how explosive this guy is. With a bigger body. With a bigger body. Absolutely with a bigger body. Uh, you know, the guy he really reminds me of, speaking of Alabama, he really reminds me of Devontae Smith. 
yeah, really he does. reminds like you watch this, and I'm not just saying with the speed. I'm like, what, look at the dude. He's he's uh, about the same height, about about six six and a half, six one, but really thin, right? Uh, yeah. A thin guy, right? I mean, Arian Smith. I think right now, like he last time I saw him, he's like six one one seventy. So if you've seen Devontae Smith, the guy's a toothpick, but like blazing speed, like leave cornerbacks in the dust, man. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like home run threat extraordinaire. That's Arian Smith. So, I mean, and you guys know that's what we need. Like, we have possession receivers. Like, like even Pickens. Like, Pickens is a really good receiver, but he's not. even he's not a burner. He's not. Uh, no, he's, he's, not a, he's not a Jerry Judy who can just out, no, straight up just burn no, you. No, he's, he's got good speed, plenty good enough speed, but he is not a he's not a 10-3, 10-200 meter kind of guy. He's not that kind of burner. But Arian Smith is. Like, you watch those Alabama receivers play, like, I would say Arian Smith might, like, once he gets on campus, might be the closest to some of those guys from, like, an athleticism standpoint as anyone on our roster, from an explosiveness standpoint as anyone on our roster. Now, I know we run a different offense. I get all that. In terms of just like stretching the field, which we just simply were not able to do this year, we just weren't able to do it. Arian Smith is a guy that gives you that from day one. Uh, so I, I mean, I, so I think that is the pitch, though, Kurt. You're right. Like the, that. Look, there's there's opportunity here for you. Uh, but the flip side of that is, you know, teams have negatively recruited against us. You know, L, you know, LSU is telling Burton, "Have you watched their offense? Do you see how much they run the football? Do you see like they have this offensive line, these running backs? They don't throw the football. Like Jay Fromm, you know, you know, they've only won one game with Jake Fromm when he throws the ball thirty times or more. So like, you're not going to get the ball that much. Like, you know, that's the flip side. That's the negative recruiting pitch that they're hearing. So I think it, it's it tells you again how good of a recruiting staff we have right now. That and, it, and it also tells. We're we're selling something to them oh, that we sure. don't know. Yet. Yeah, and it, and it also tells you that we're like again, like this. This staff is not going anywhere from a recruiting standpoint. You know, the first couple of years in Kirkwood got these great classes. Oh, you hear some uh, rival fan base, and oh, you know, whatever. It's just the newness thing; it'll wear off as soon as they don't win. It's like okay, it's not going anywhere. That's what Kirby Smart does well. Like I mean, that's the one thing. Like we had a mailback question last week, Kurt. Uh, I know you were on the show, but one of the mailback questions was like, "Are you um, concerned that Kirby's losing his touch in recruiting?" Something like that. And I'm like, "No, no, never, ever." Like, you can criticize Kirby for a lot of things, but recruiting. I'm sorry. I just I I until we finish outside the, the top five at some point, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about it at all. So um, I just we should have. A, that's one thing he places a premium on, and he's just a, he is a mastermind when it comes to recruiting. Uh, but Kurt, talking about Smith, talking about Jermaine Burton, we talked about how explosive. And I think, by the way, Jermaine Burton's really explosive too. Maybe not quite the the speed of Aaron Smith. I think Jermaine Burton definitely the more polished of the two. That's exactly what I said earlier in the week. I totally agree with you. I'm glad you said. I think he's more polished right now. Smith is raw. He's explosive. He's he's more raw. I think he got better in his his senior table. Good. He's gotten better in his senior season. But Burton is clearly the. I think my in my opinion, like, like you said, they're more polished receiver. Um, but. Do you think any either one of those guys can be a day one impact type player? If I had to pick someone, I'm going to go with Burton a little bit more. I think he runs the better routes and things like that. Yeah. Probably because um, you know um, he does a great job getting off press coverage as well too, which is something we face a lot. Exactly, and I think that's the bit the biggest thing is from what we have right now. Um, the the other guy is just he, his biggest thing is he reminds me of me Cole and the fact I mean you know we talked about Arian Smith all the things that they do are very similar but it's also the fact that he was considered an athlete in high school sure. yeah absolutely he was a track guy for a while yeah absolutely um, so we, obviously we've got Smith we've got we we got Burton as well but it's not just them you've got Marcus Rosemi who was actually rated higher than both of those he's a top fifty player nationally uh, at the wide receiver position out of St Thomas Aquinas of Florida very uh, 
a, a very strong program in the state of Florida. And then here in Georgia, we also got uh, Justin Robinson as well to go along to kind of round out that class. Uh, Justin Robinson from Eagles Landing Christian here in the state of Georgia. So, Kurt, that is a high-level recruiting class at the receiver position. I mean, Justin Ro- Justin Robinson is the lowest-rated recruit of the four, and he's ranked number 291 nationally. He's a big body. fits a lot like – he fits really what we want to do offensively. 6'4", 200 pounds. You can obviously go and work the back shoulder fades, and we run a lot. So – if you look at all four of those guys in this wide receiver class, is it like too much of a stretch to say this is the best wide receiver class that we've maybe ever signed at Georgia? At least in like the, the modern like uh, recruiting services era? In the last decade, at least, yes. I mean, you can go – I mean, you, you, I'm sure someone, some old-timer, which uh, God bless you guys, can go back and say, well, you know, in 1983. I mean, I don't know. But since, since really I've been following with, with all these recruiting services, the rivals, the 247s, the scouts, the ESPNs, all that, like – I know AJ Green in a, in a, in and of himself in a, in a class might be better, right? Because he's just that good. But like, if you talk about a a class as a whole, like four guys, I'm not sure we've had four guys in one class that are the caliber of these four guys coming in this year. And they and they really complement each other really well too. I mentioned we mentioned explosiveness of guys like Arian Smith and Jermaine Burton, the polish of Jermaine Burton, the size of Justin Robinson, and then if you look at Marcus Roseme, he's kind of like the total package. He's about 6'2", 200 pounds. We've got the size plus the athleticism, strong hands. Um, man, like they just really complement each other really, really well. But uh, of all those guys, Chris, who do you think ends up being like the alpha when it's all said and done at wide receiver for oh, us? Oh, no question. I'm going with Marcus Roseme. Yeah, that's the guy. I know he, no, no one's talking about him as much right now because he's been committed for a while, but – Guys, I'm going to tell you something. If you haven't watched Marcus Rosemey's tape, go watch it right now. That guy is a freaking monster. His junior tape was good. His senior tape is even better. Uh, he is going to be a stud for us. Like, I mean, I, I know everyone's going in the state championship game was ridiculous. I mean, just unbelievable. The guy is a freaking stud, okay? I mean, he goes up, wins 50-50 balls at the top of the route, strong hands, really good speed, big, strong physical body. He reminds me a lot in, in some ways uh, of J.J. Holloman. But I, I would say a more athletic J.J. Holloman. And more polished at the time. Holloman yeah, was not. Oh, yeah, coming in. Certainly more polished coming in as well. So, uh, I, I mean, I think he compares favorably to J.J. Holloman. And I mean, and that was the guy that was supposed to be our number one receiver coming into this year. So, I, I think Rosemary is going to be an absolute. I mean, when he committed to us, I wasn't sure he was going to be a number one receiver. I thought he could grow into that eventually. I think he'd be a number one guy, like, immediately. I really do. Like, as good as George Pickens is, and Pickens is really, really good. And, and obviously, he's going to have a year of experience on Rosemey. But if, if Rosemey and Pickens came in the same year, I know Pickens can make the spectacular catches. Rosemey has a bigger, stronger body. I think it's a little bit – maybe well, a little like Pickens' than- biggest problem is route running. I think that Rosemey is a complete package and already – yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think Rosemary is, is, is the complete package, and I'm very, very, very high on him. We'll talk more about him when the, the whole class wraps up, wraps up in February, but I'm with you. I think he's the, he's the alpha. Okay, and before we move on, I do want to quickly remind all of you guys about our good friends at Vivid Seats. Uh, they are – the best place to go. If you guys are looking for any tickets at all, uh, if you're looking for Sugar Bowl tickets, I know there are still plenty of tickets available, and you can find great prices. I'm, I'm talking like the best prices you've ever seen for any kind of bowl game, especially a bowl game of that caliber on Vivid Seats right now. Still uh, plenty of uh, tickets left in the Georgia section. Great seats, actually. I picked up a pair a couple weeks ago. I actually just picked up a pair of my in-laws last week. Found a great price that they were very, very happy with. It's always an easy process, and you feel great about it every single time because... 
Every single purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. And I actually got to cash in on their new rewards loyalty program this week to get those tickets for my in-laws. I was able to get them a little bit of a better deal by using some credits I had from previous purchases to make that price even more attractive. All you have to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app right now, and you'll be automatically enrolled in their rewards loyalty program. And when it is time to buy, new users enter the promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. So it's huge to get those two wide receivers committed. But there were two other guys that we missed on, including quarterback C.J. Stroud from California. We mentioned that a little bit. Kerr, I'm just going to ask you real quick, how much does that miss hurt us? I don't th- like I said. I think it had a lot. Is it to do even with a that. miss? Like, is it even a miss? Um, I mean, you could say it's a miss because some people think he's better than Beck. But outside that, I mean, I think he was a luxury. I was, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think we need a second quarterback. I really do because, like, with Dwan Mathis, the uncertainty surrounding that situation. Like, if Fromm goes pro and Mathis is not cleared, we've got two scholarship quarterbacks again. Yeah, and you that too. Well, and, and I'll say the one thing that. The one thing that you know, I was talking about us not being done yet, and Kirby even mentioned this press conference is we have some spots open, which means the coaches are about to be hitting the graduate transfer trail. Yeah, we have because I think we, we we can sign at least twenty three. We should be able to sign at least twenty three. And what I've heard is that the kicker is going to take a blue shirt and get a scholarship. Um, I've also next heard year. that. I've also heard that. Yeah, Jared Zirkel. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. rumors that the uh, the scholarship uh, le- uh, limit may not be there next year. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I've heard some, some, some rumors that we might be be pushing to take upwards near twenty six guys this cycle. And I don't know how we're going to make that happen. Uh, there's, there's, we have to still have to stay on the eighty five scholarship limit, like we mentioned uh, on the show earlier this week. So that would mean there has to be more attrition. We have fifteen seniors departing, and we've got right now three guys that are two guys have declared for the draft. Or, I'm sorry, three guys have declared for the draft. From might might make four. Uh, you can see Richard, Richard LeCount and talked about. Uh, you've heard some stories about Monty Rice now. Potentially, he got a really good draft grade. Apparently, he's thinking about it. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I think Ben Cleveland's coming back, although he's not going to be eligible for the bowl game, which freaking sucks. But um, so there's going to be some attrition there. But I mean, uh, we have some spot. Like right now, we have 19 guys, and we got two guys that I feel really good about: Darnell Washington and Keely Ringo. And that that puts you at 21. So we got at least two other spots, and who knows how many after that. So like, we'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, I think we need another quarterback. I really do. And, and CJ Stroud, I'm not. The reason I say like it wasn't even really a miss is like we got in on him so late. Like we didn't. He didn't have a shot. No other quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. They've been on him from the get go. Um, and so like it does hurt because we. I think we need another quarterback. But I'm not like stressing about because I think like I think that we can go get somebody on the grad transfer market. Uh, and Derek King, I know is the popular name, but look, unless Jake Fromm says I'm going pro, we're not getting Derek King. If, if Jake, if Jake Fromm says that, then we go full bore at Derek King, a guy like that. And maybe we got a chance. We'll see. Um, but, um, do you think what's more likely a grad transfer quarterback or finding someone in this late signing period? Um, well, it depends if Jake goes or not. If he, if he doesn't go, no grad transfer is going to come knowing that Jake's still yeah. in front of him. I, I well yeah yeah that's true that's true I, a name to watch out for I mentioned I think I mentioned on the the show earlier this week Joey Yellen from Arizona State where he came in as a true freshman this year lost the job to Jade uh, Jane Daniels and he uh, is transferring out now he'll probably have to sit out a year but uh, just a name to watch down the road we add some quarterback because we recruited him pretty pretty hard there for a little while last cycle but uh, just a name to watch there. But uh, all right, that brings us to the one that people are still talking about. Kurt, you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Demons a tackle from Columbia, South Carolina. Jordan Birch, number five player in America. Uh, we got our hopes up with that late visit 
and a lot of the buzz around us. And I think it, it was, a, from what I understand, that dog fight down the stretch between us, LSU, and South Carolina. He ends up committing to South Carolina publicly in his video at his ceremony, but he ultimately chose not to sign today. So, Kurt, like, what should we read into the fact that he did commit to South Carolina but said, eh, you know, I'm just not going to sign, though? That's the thing. If that's where he really wanted to end up with, what stops you from signing right now? Yeah, if, if he felt comfortable with that decision, if he personally was like, yeah, this is the place I want to go, why are you not signing? What that tells me is it was a, some pressure, maybe some family pressure, right? Yeah. that's a, And, look, I don't have any inside information on that, but that's just reading between the lines there. Um, when you, You've seen things like this before where guys are feeling a lot of pressure to stay home or family members are trying to pull them somewhere, uh, and you can kind of see it in, in their faces and the commitments. Like they're not so happy with it, not thrilled with it, not sure about it. Uh, that, reminds, I'll, I'll always remember Landon Collins live. Oh God, with his mother. Oh my God, that was that was at a bowl, at the uh, All American game, right? Yes. Oh, his mom. God, I'll never. I watched that live too, but I'll never forget that. That was nuts. And he was kind of like laughing about it. it. Was like, oh man, okay. Uh, so and sometimes the the family still wins out no matter what. Um, but sometimes they end up getting what they want. They talk some sense in the family. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly I don't know. I. I think that um, I do think it's a it's a family pressure situation, and not just family, but just the, the being a local kid. And like when you're from a state like South Carolina, especially like Columbia, that's not a transient area like Metro Atlanta. A lot of these guys get out of Metro Atlanta because they don't really have natural ties to Georgia. They come, they move here from somewhere else. But a lot of those those other deep South states, like if you live there, like you're from there, your family's from there, you have deep roots there. So it's really really hard to pull them from those kind of states as opposed to like the Metro Atlanta area where their roots aren't as deep in the state. Um, so it's tough. It's really tough. But do you think like we still have a chance in this one? Because it's not unprecedented. I mean, think about Roquan Smith a couple years back. Um, I mean, I'll always say I'll never count the staff out, especially when he at least was they were able to delay him, in, or I don't know what was delay him in signing. Because it might not even fact, be us. Maybe it's LSU is the is the second team. It might not even be us. Yeah. The second team. It might. But not. even then, I'm not going to count us out until the ink is dry. I never count Kirby Smart out. I'm not saying he he doesn't get everybody he wants, but he. he 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 uh he gets more he gets the guy he wants more often than not let's just say that and uh I, I'm not I'm not gonna count us out and like again it's not unprecedented I, I would never forget the Roquan Smith day I was at work you know obviously following this very closely and Roquan Smith is the guy I really wanted and he commits to uh, UCLA and I was really down about that and then I'm at lunch actually I remember that um uh, I was at lunch and then I see the news come across and it's like oh my god he's not signing today like what does that mean wait what 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 and then lo and behold he ends up pulling the trigger and coming to Georgia and the rest is. Rose Bowl history. I mean, it's, it's Georgia program history. Um, so I, I'm not. I'm not saying that's how this is going to go down because obviously Birch is not from Georgia. But I mean, we've seen things like this happen. So there's a chance. Um, and like you said, never count Kirby Smart. Never count this staff out. Well, we'll always have a shot there. And uh, we ended the day uh, today with a commitment from three-star offensive line prospect. Austin Blasky, I think is how you pronounce it. He's uh, from South Effingham here in Georgia. We flipped him from NC State after offering him Monday night, as in like two days ago Monday night. Kurt, when you saw that commitment, and, and there were some rumors that he might might be a guy that we were after once he was offered earlier in the week, what was your reaction when we actually got his commitment and accepted his commitment? Um, Once again, I'm not trying to sound mean, but the fact very similar to uh, – the kicker, um, the thing is, the South Effingham, you know, state guy that could sure. potentially go on hope for the first yeah. year. Sure. Um, as long as you can get him in and he can keep the scores up, then next year you give him a scholarship when it opens up. Yeah, there's a, a there's some ways to kind of manipulate the situation when it's a guy from in-state who might get the hope scholarship. You're exactly right about that. You have to think about that for sure. Um, 
I was like, so we have we we've basically been able other than um than Joshua Braun, we've been able to hold on to all the other as of right now. We still I'm not sure on on Roger Jones, but we've been able to hold on to all the other offensive linemen recruits, and we actually replaced Joshua Braun. At least it seems like we replaced him with Devin Willick. So are you like should we read anything into this late offer to a three-star offensive line prospect when we still have pr- pretty much fit in all of our offensive line positions? Like we we have the guys that we wanted for the most part and are still having no. Still- and the only reason I say that is because of the thing that's going on with Ben Cleveland. Maybe they were not expecting him to go pro; that they were expecting Kinley to go pro. Yeah. And now with his the rumors going on about his academics, you know, there's a lot of question marks. Even Kirby talked about it in this. Uh, you know, his signing day conference saying, you know, they're still trying to gather more information and things like that. So if that is true, then you're losing four guys. Yeah. And like, it could just be as simple as Isaiah Wilson went pro and maybe we, we thought he was 50, 50. We weren't sure. So if we, if Wilson goes pro, then like we offer somebody else, they could be something as simple as that. Um, but it could be Kenley as well. You're absolutely right. In Cleveland with a great situation. From what I understand, he's, he plans on coming back. That's the word right now. Um, but with a great situation, you know, you got to make sure you have your credits in order and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I think it's more about, I, I know some people are freaking out like, Oh my God, does this mean that we're not getting Roger Jones? So our coaches know. Here's the thing, if you're not getting Roger Jones, you're not replacing him. No offense, but with a three star. Right. And I, I think Blasky can be a pretty good player. You'll go back and watch some of his tape. I, I think he has the potential and he has, he needs to add a little bit of weight. I think that's actually, actually what I've heard. He's up to about 300 pounds. He was listed at 275, but he has the athleticism to play. I think either tackle position. But he certainly needs to add some weight, and he uh, he needs to, to to strengthen up. He needs to get into a weight program. There's no doubt about that. But I think he's a guy that could potentially grow into a good player. Not right away. He's not an instant impact kind of guy. But he's a guy that I think give him a couple, give him a year or two, um, and he could potentially maybe end up being a part of this offensive line. But uh, yeah, I I don't want anyone to freak out and say, oh my god, this means that we're not getting Broderick Jones because why would we take this guy? We already have all these offensive line spots filled. I don't think they're connected. I think it is more so related to, like you mentioned there, Curtis, maybe some of the guys on the offensive line right now, whether it's Kinley or Wilson or Benja or Cleveland, whoever. Transferring. I mean. Sure. Yeah. You, you can see a guy like um, one of Tori Johnson moving to tackle, but you, there's a, a number of guys that could potentially have been recruited over at this point. And then our coaches might know something about some guys maybe hitting the transfer portal here pretty soon and just have more information to operate off of than we do. And they got this guy in camp, liked him, and offered him. So we'll see. Uh, right now, I, again, I, I still trust in Kirby Smart and staff when it comes to recruiting. Um, they give me no reason to, to be concerned at all, honestly, and to question them when it comes to that kind of thing. And before we move on, I do want to remind you guys out there that the Glory UJ podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new sports streaming network. It's live 24-7. And it costs you nothing. That's right. It's sports coverage that's always on and always free. Always. And uh, I, I really love CBS Sports HQ this time of year. we got so much going on, especially with uh, the college football recruiting world. With early signing day, there's so much going on in the world of college football recruiting. Uh, with our team, obviously, but other teams around us, nothing that we do happens in a vacuum. You want to see all the other teams in the, in the country are doing, especially all of our rivals, teams in the SEC. And I found out today that CBS Sports HQ is absolutely the best place to go to keep up with all of that action. Uh, they had uh, interviews, they had analysis, they had announcements, all that you could possibly want on a signing day, they had for us today. It was just an awesome thing to see. And, that, and that's nothing new. They have they have all that same stuff for every single sport out there, college, pro, whatever you're into, they've got it. Uh, and don't forget, guys, this is access to 
incredible coverage that's completely 100% free, totally completely free for everybody. You don't even have to log in. You just go to the site and start watching whatever you want to watch. And there's no fake debates. It's just sports for real sports fans at the great price of completely free. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, and Kerr, I do want to make sure we mention that we did get a commitment from defensive back Major Burns on signing day eve. Uh, and Kerr, that was another relatively new name that popped up over the past two weeks or so. I didn't even mention him on the uh, preview show because I thought uh, I wasn't sure how serious we were about potentially taking his commitment. But uh, do you see, like when you watch his tape, do you see a player that was worth taking? I do. I think the guy um underrated. Yeah. Uh, to me, he's the Eric Stokes of the class. I, uh, yeah, and I think he's way more polished. Eric Stokes was coming out of high school. I really believe that. Um, and, and I, look, I know it's easy for us. We're a Georgia show, so you can say, oh, you're being homers. You're just saying we signed this guy, so let's call him underrated. No, like, go, guys, go watch the tape. Seriously, go judge for yourself. I don't – like, I, I really don't pay attention all that much to the recruiting rankings. I watch the tape for myself, and I, I try to decide for myself, is this guy worth taking? Is he a good player? Where should he be? Where should he rank? Major Burns can play. This guy is explosive. He's long. He's got versatility. He can play safety. He can play corner. He's played mostly safety in high school. Um, he has, He's actually a, an outstanding blitzer. They do a really good job of using him on blitz in, blitzes in high school, and he does an outstanding standing job after the quarterback again very explosive break on the ball long arms really rangy um he's a guy that i actually think can be a really good player for us i mean that i'm not just trying to like pump you up pump you up about a guy that that other people aren't really talking about as much i think major burns can be a, a contributor for our team like pretty quickly i i think he has that ability i i actually really really like him he's a guy that i, I wish i would have uh mentioned on the on the on the uh preview show i actually hadn't watched his tape before that i went back and watched it the next day i was like oh my god like, i actually really like this guy so i'm actually really really glad that we got him do you read anything into taking that commitment does that mean like we're out of it for ringo or no Manning? i mean you're no yeah i, I that's it's, it's to me it, I, to me it really came down to the final spot of reed versus uh burns yeah i i, I honestly and i don't know this for a fact but what i've heard is that that Eric Reed is more like he obviously ended up cho- uh, choosing to go to Auburn. And I know again, Georgia guy. So you're here, you are being a homer, just saying these things, but I've heard that he basically like we chose Burns over him um, and, and didn't, and maybe didn't want him as much as he might've wanted to be here. Let's just say that he ends up going to Auburn, which is a great landing spot for him. Good for him. So again, don't know how true that is, but that's just something that I've, that I've heard from some reputable sources here uh, over the past 24 hours or so. But uh, all right, Kurt, all in all on a scale of one to 10, how good of a close to the early signing period? There's still more meat on this bone, but how good of a close to the early signing period was this today? I'll give him a seven and a half. Yeah, I think a solid seven or eight. I, I'm totally with you here. I, I might go. I'm you know honestly, I might go. I might go eight because again, CJ Stroud was a long shot. I wasn't really counting on that, and we got the two guys to me that we really had to get. Like we ha- we had to fix the deficiency at wide receiver. We got both of those guys. Flipped one from LSU which is crazy thing with how their offense looked this year, how our offense looked, we were able to get him. Um, and then Jordan Burge, like I know he didn't commit to us, but the fact that he's holding it open. And, it's not a- 
Right. It's not over. It's not over. And, the, and like, I know it might not be us. Maybe LSU is the, is the other team. Maybe we aren't the other team, but I have to believe like, again, follow the visits. He was here all last weekend. We were with him all day on Thursday, uh, which is lo- longer than your typical in-home visit. You know, follow the visit there. I think maybe we are that other team that he like. Maybe he wants to go to. And I, I, I don't know that. I'm just reading between the lines here. But the fact that he's not signed still delivered to South Carolina that gives me at least some hope, and we have a chance. And I love Kirby Smart, man. I love him as a recruiter. So uh, he's always got a shot there. So I, with that still open there, and plus for two receivers, I'm gonna go a solid eight. I feel really, really, really good about how this day ended. I like Major Burns adding him. I think is an underrated aspect of this class. Um, so yeah, I, I feel good about it. But um, as you mentioned, Curtis, our class is certainly not finished. We still have a number of big big name targets out there uh, to get, and, and a couple of needs to fill. Still, still, I've got obviously Darnell Washington, tight end from Las Vegas, top ten player nationally. Keely Ringo, cornerback from Arizona, top ten player nationally. Zach Evans is still a name that's out there. All those guys are committing uh, at uh, the uh, All American Games over uh, over the New Year. I, I guess January second is the Under, Under Armour All American Game. I think that's a Thursday. Just to name a few guys. So, Kurt, of the guys left, some of those big-name guys, who is that one guy that we have to land, like the number one guy on your list still remaining? Um, are you talking about between Darnell? Is he included? Yeah, Darnell, in- Keeley. Really, those are the two I, big guys. Darnell's probably the top guy. Yeah. We got to have – like, we need we need There's a tight no end. Man. And Keeley Ringo is so good. So good. So athletic. So long. So rangy. God, he's going to be so good. I really want both these guys. But if we had to pick one, I think tight end's a bigger need right now. And Darnell Washington's a freak. Darnell Washington is a freak. Go watch his take. Go watch his senior take, guys. Came out pretty, pretty re- relatively recently. Um, his junior take was great. Senior take is even better. This guy's a freak. Six, seven and a half. Moves like he does. Oh, my God. Talk about a game-changing weapon on offense. Add with add him two guys like Arian Smith, Marcus Rosemey, uh, Burton. Oh, my God. Our offense, um, it just flipped around almost overnight if we, if we can get him. So that would be massive. That would be absolutely massive. I'm with you there. Um, how do you feel about Broderick Jones right now, Kurt? You think we still ultimately end up landing him? He's taking it to February. I think we do. Um, I think it just gives us more time to show, let him get to know Matt Luke and things like that. I mean, people were freaking out, but he was already going till February, even when we had Sam Pittman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to believe, um, I think Matt Luke's just a really good recruiter as well. So this gives him a little bit of time to build a, re- a better relationship with Broderick. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, I think we still have a, an official visit with him as well left to use. So I think that's going to help as well. I feel like we can hold I mean, Auburn's the big challenge right now. Again, I trust in Kirby. I'm not getting, he doesn't get everybody he gets, or he doesn't get everybody he wants, but he gets more than, more than he loses. So I, I'm going to stick with our guys right now and say that we ultimately end up fending off Auburn and landing him, um, which would be huge for this class. So, uh, and what, real quick, also, Curtis, how important is that we land? The, we have Kendall Milton, who's a stud. We'll talk more about him when the whole class is done in February. But how important is that we land another running back to pair with Milton through the the rest of the signing period? I think it really depends on what develops in the twenty twenty one class. But I do think there is a need because you never know what's going to happen between Swift. I mean, uh, Zeus and um, Cook. Yeah, I think there's a need. I, I want another running back with go with Milton. Uh, I think John Edwards from Colquitt's a name to, to watch uh, out yeah, for. Edwards and Gibbs. J- yeah, Jameer Gibbs, who's been committed to Georgia Tech, is a top 130 prospect nationally. He pushed it to February. Yep, he's still committed. And, he Bama, and Bama was coming on strong for him, but they just flipped Oklahoma's running back commit, so that pretty yeah. much takes out of the Jamar Gibbs 
campaign. Absolutely. So it may, you know, I think that gives us a better shot if that's one of the choices we do decide to go after. And, and there's and Gibbs guys, Jameer Gibbs is another name. If you haven't watched his tape, go freaking watch this guy's electric in the open space. He's a really, really good running back. I've wanted to offer him for a while. So I would love to be able to add him. And Kurt, last thing before we get out of here, can we still finish with a top three class when this whole thing's said and done? hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. We can still finish inside the top three. In fact, I would say at this point, it's likely that we'll finish inside the top three. We currently sit at number four nationally, according to the 247 composite. And, and you guys know I use the 247 composite because it's to me, it's the most accurate view of where these teams rank because it's a, it's a composite of all the major recruiting services and their rankings out there. So right now we sit at number four nationally at 293.24 points. But the thing is, we only have 19 commits. Still, even with the guys who signed today, we only have 19 commits. And the three teams ahead of us, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, they have 26, 26, and 23 commits respectively. So they're almost maxed out. And I would say Alabama and Ohio State, I don't know how they sign anyone else. Maybe they drop somebody and, and pick up somebody else that's a little highly, more highly rated. I don't know. But I don't know how they're going to fit more prospects or too many more prospects into their signing classes. Clemson might have room for a guy or two more. Uh, but right now, we're the team. Of, of all the teams inside, really the top 10, we're the one that has the most potential for moving up because we only have 19 commitments. And we are still sitting at number four nationally. Our average commitment ranking is the highest of any team in America right now. We're sitting at uh, 93.65. Actually, we're tied with Clemson. Uh, so we're we're right there, number one with Clemson in terms of average recruit ranking. So the quality of prospect that we're getting right now is as good as anyone, literally as good as anyone in America. Uh, and if the thing is, if we add just two more prospects, just two more, we have room again to add at least four more to get to 23. And who knows how many more we can add on top of that based on how we can manipulate the numbers and blue shirt guys and and all that kind of stuff as Curtis was mentioning a little bit earlier but if if the two guys that we add in the in the late signing period in the February signing period are Darnell Washington and Keely Ringo then that would put us if you use the 247 sports class calculator which is a really cool feature that 247 sports has if you use that class calculator which which what that does is it allows you to add prospects that you're think that you hope your team might get and to kind of and to calculate your new point totals and see what it would be if you landed those guys well if we add just Darnell Washington and Keely Ringo that puts us at 21 commitments and again I think we can get to more than that that would put us at 300 and uh, nine points with a little over 309 points, which would vault us up over Ohio State, who's sitting at 300.71 right now. That would vault us right there to the number three spot. We'd be one point behind Bama. And again, we have room to add more, which I really don't think Bama does. So uh, if we add just another, maybe a Dejan Edwards or Jameer Gibbs that we mentioned or, some, or whoever else we might add along with him. Uh, maybe it's a... Uh, Maybe it's a guy like Dante Manning. I, th- I think he might end up at Oregon, but it's still possible we can land him. Then we would vault over Alabama and be right there uh, at number two behind Clemson. And potentially, depending on who we end up landing, like, again, if it's it, it has to be Darnell Washington and Keeley Ringo. And we might have already landed those guys already, guys. I know they haven't gone public, but there are some some rumors out that they might have already signed their letters of intent today and just kept it quiet, kept it under wraps as they want to announce at their uh, All-American game in early January. So we might already have those guys. We'll see. We'll see. There's still still plenty of time uh, to, to find all that stuff out. But if we land just those two, we'll be at least number three, potentially number two. And if we add another two or three guys on top of that, we actually 
actually potentially have a chance to jump Clemson if Clemson stays put where they are at number 20 at, at 23 signees. Now they might add another guy too, so it, what we do doesn't happen in a vacuum, but I think we have a legit chance to end up at number two. It's going to be really hard to jump Clemson, but Alabama, Ohio State, I think they're pretty much maxed out right now and we have plenty of room for growth. So yeah, absolutely. We can still finish inside the top three, maybe even inside the top two. So I think it was a great day today. There's still some more meat on that bone, as we've said. And we'll see just how much meat on that bone we actually chew off here over the next couple of weeks. But uh, all right, guys, that does it for us here today on the Glory UJ podcast. We really appreciate you listening in today. We will be back. We'll be back. We'll have one show next week, at least one show next week over the Christmas holidays to keep you guys covered. We spend time with all the family. So make sure to check back later next week and we'll have some content for you guys. Really glad to have Curtis back on the show. So for Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs. Liberty's leave policy was tremendous. Having the ability to take 16 weeks off, fully paid to bond with my child was an incredible experience. At Liberty Mutual, you can find a career that supports you at every step, even baby steps. We offer up to 16 weeks parental leave for new moms and dads. And because not everyone's pathway to parenthood looks the same, we offer robust fertility, surrogacy, and adoption benefits too. Learn more at LibertyMutualCareers.com and pursue your tomorrow today.